From Live Consulting, this is Cannabis Business Minds with your hosts, Kristen Yoder and Simone Similuka Radsons. All right, so today's show, we've got a guest um, that we were just super impressed by when we were at the Emerald Exchange in Malibu in, I think, March of 2017. And we just hit it off with our guest named Mary Ellen. And beyond the fact that she has done tremendous amount of things for the community in Humboldt, but not only that, but for a business, uh, we just wanted to get her on the show. And we, so we had a follow-up call with her almost like a month ago, and we're even more impressed by that conversation yeah. of all the things that she's doing, and we just had to get her on the show. So We were kind of bummed that we didn't actually record that call, so yeah. we're going <laughs> to reproduce it now. Yeah, so Mary Ellen, thank you so much for coming to the show and being on Cannabis Business Minds. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. Yes, so I just want to give a little background on, I mean, through our conversation, all of our listeners will hear why we think you're so impressive and what you're doing is so awesome, but specifically in relation to being in Humboldt and the women's, you know, the support you have for the women or the women's community up there is really impressive and really important, Um, and I just want to let our listeners know that there's a very well-known sex trafficking and women's sexual abuse issue up in Humboldt, given that they're so far in the woods. And, I mean, really the only thing that nets the police money is marijuana raids, not following up Mm -hmm. on sexual abuse. And in 2015, there was a number that there was... 326 people went missing in Humboldt alone. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to us, and it's such an amazing thing to hear about Mary Ellen, is that she's really taken to helping out women, giving them a community, on top of all the other impressive things she's done. So we're really excited to have her on the show. Yeah, and we wanted, I mean, just to emphasize that, we just wanted to get your perspective and to for the listeners to understand kind of your evolution into the cannabis industry because I mean you in my mind are a trailblazer you you're positive you're energetic you're you've accomplished a ton and you've empowered so many women um in the cannabis industry and if you could just kind of start with how did you get involved in the industry and and what are you doing right now uh in 2017 in Humboldt um, so as far as getting involved in cannabis, I was never involved in cannabis at all until I got, um, to Humble Patient Resource Center, which is the dispensary here, which was, um, about, um, 12 years ago, I came as a director of a business. I'd never seen a cannabis plant before. I'm very liberal, so I had no issues with the product at all. And it was, it was in the beginning more because I was like, we started in 1999 here, so um, you know, we've evolved with the, with the regulations, with um, product development, um, just with everything. So it's been a really exciting place for me to be able to be. But I really just, just came here for a job. Oh. And, um, and you know, <laughs> that was a, a big learning curve. It might not have been the best decision at the time for the person that hired me because I really didn't know what I was doing. But I do have a lot of compassion, and I had skills. I came from banking. I, um, I managed a bank when I was younger. I also was in real estate for years. I've been on school boards. So I've done a lot of things where you work with um, quite a few people and um, different feelings about things. And so I guess maybe I was a good person to come here. And now I think I'm amazingly good for this place. And it's been amazingly good for me. Um, so I think that's pretty much how I got here okay. uh, from the very beginning. And um, in the beginning, we just really had some bud that we were growing at our facility. We didn't have any other products. And so now we have about 500 products and really have gotten a lot more closer to how we help patients. Um, we've had wellness centers. We've, we've done a lot of things to uh, really try to meet the needs of, of the patients that we see here because we see about 250 people a day. And so there's a lot of catastrophics. We give catastrophic um, cannabis out to people that are in hospice and palliative care and that have some very catastrophic diseases. We try to um, have them come to us and show us uh, how we can better help the community of cannabis by their use of it and the feedback loop that we get from them. 
Yeah, I've read that you're uh, at your dispensary, you test every single product for pesticides, mold, as well as for terpene profiles and cannabinoids. And I think that is so impressive and, and exactly the example the state of California needs to follow. And when did you start doing that with all of your products? Um, we started doing it about three years ago, and we were just really doing it with the flower um, at the time. Now we're requiring that all of our vendors bring in the testing results, and we're also a drop-off spot for SC Labs. So we see a lot of testing come through that people are, are testing for, and then we get to see the results. And in the process, I started noticing from the outside vending that there was so much contamination. And a lot of people that are not well have, you know, compromised immune systems. So for them to have those in their body is just pretty sinful, I think. So we just decided um, that I was going to require that testing would go on, and it's been great. It makes me feel better um, about the product. I know more about it. We were testing all of our own product, our own bud for the terpenes. We don't expect that all the other products are terpene tested, but for the cannabis, we've been... Um, doing that on our own, and then as of last week, we are starting to require, we have some of our vendors testing for terpenes, but terpenes are a super huge thing. Um, everybody's talking about THC and um, how many milligrams of THC and all of this, and really, um, I believe it's the terpenes, and that's what we're seeing here, is what the patients really want to hear about. Like, is this mercine? Is that going to make me I'll be able to sleep at night, or is this going to be a lemonine, or, you know, it's not they both can be 25% THC, but they would have drastically different um, effects on you, um, and also from person to person. Yeah. But it's made it so that patients have a better opportunity to make those kind of educated decisions. Kristen gave me a terpene profile training, and it was the most impressive thing I've ever experienced because she baffled my mind. It was, it was blown so away. Fun. She was like, you, it's going to change your concept of cannabis. It's not about indica sativa. It's about the ensemble and the terpenes. And when I realized that, I was like, wow. I mean, it makes sense why you identify with a certain strain, the smell, and everything. Your nose knows. And when yeah. I managed a dispense, you couldn't sell anything that looked beautiful and had no smell. And it's not like we were even aware that we like a certain flavor. We didn't realize it was a terpene profile. And it makes me all warm and fuzzy to hear you talk about that and to be reinforcing it with your patients because I find that I know about terpenes. I don't even know how to buy cannabis or anything now because that would mean that the other person I'm talking to that's selling it actually knows about terpenes. And unfortunately, the South, Southern California is not nearly as advanced as Northern California. No, but also, I mean, we did a lot of research about your company and, you know, you have this training program for your employees can you talk to us a little bit about that training program? Do you include kind of the education on all the flowers? We walk us through that. Yeah. Um, so every person actually that hires here, not just the bud tenders, but everyone that we hire, even people that are cleaning in here, they need to go through a, a um, program that's used for doctors and nurses to get certified on, on cannabis. And so we purchased that. Um, availability to be able to send all our staff through it. It's, it's a computer. They sit here um, in the facility, and it takes them probably about a week. It's, it's pretty um, advanced, but we don't expect you to know everything. We just want to get you really um, on the road, you know, and then you can fill in all the gaps later. But they go through that, and then they have a um, week of going and just shadowing, and then they get put on the window, and they get a lot of help from the other bud tenders, and we have a um, my head guard, my head um, um, manager. He is very, very, very well versed in cannabis, so he helps a lot. We meet with vendors, talk to them about their products. So we have a, um, I think it's a very, it's better than most everybody's doing. And then we also there's patients out of time is a big convention that's going to be held in a couple of weeks in Berkeley. And it usually happens once on the East Coast one year and then on the West Coast the next year. So this year it's here. So we go to those events, and they are all about 
the research that's going into Canada. They're not smoking events. They're just bringing all the doctors and the researchers. We just went to one last week, which was called the Dandelion Herbal Conference, which we're very lucky in HPRC spend um, money to support that also, where they bring in some of the big speakers and from out of the out of the state, out of the country, and we send our staff to that so that they get a really good idea about the benefits of cannabis um, medically, because that's actually what we're all supposed to be, that we have been that the entire time. And, you know, we're not doctors or nurses or anything like that, so we don't try to give out information, um, medical information, but we do are asked quite a bit to at least understand what your endocannabinoid system is, what your, you know, what CBDs are, THCs, and what the different doses are, and what are people using for things, what other patients are using. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we do here for the for the training part, and then our gardeners are sent off to training also. And um, one of my girls is going through an herbal training course right now that HPRC is paying for. Oh, what's that? um, Because that's all really helpful for us. The more educated that our staff is, is the better for the business and for what they're doing up in the front. Absolutely. What a sorely lacking situation in most in yeah. most of California, no, but really. even in other places. Like I that's was just true. in Oregon, and if for for me, it's really hard to find somebody that's really when you talk to a bud tender, uh, and if that should even be really what they're called. Uh, but you go to a few different dispensaries, and each dispensary has such a different culture of how it's been managed by the director. You know, not everyone's a Mary Ellen. Mm. Not everybody has that science background. They're not paid very well. No, exactly. So, how do you motivate your employees, Mary Ellen? Well, wait, I'm curious. Is it because when I share about the terpenes with people or when I'm learning something, it's so much, I get so much more passion and excitement because it clicks. It's not something in my head and like learning about terpenes and cannabinoids and how to grow. That's pretty dense things to learn about from other Mm -hmm. people. But I wonder if when you do these trainings, does it invigorate your people to want to learn more, like jump-starting it? It it does. Like, they ask me if they can go to classes that aren't, that's why I pay for that. Yeah. Because I'm excited that they come to me and want to do something outside. And actually, I love cannabis. I see such benefits from all the years I've been here with my patients and myself and family members. Um, I think that... Um, I think that whole thing goes into the excitement of what happens around here. Everybody's uh, very excited. Uh, the essential oils is a lot of the things that we do here are, it, you think, oh, terpenes, that's, that's a big word. What does that mean? But a lot of people, we deal with essential oils all the time. Yeah. Um, people buy them. You smell them. You have them in your bath salts. You, you know, people put them in on their bodies. They put them in their teeth. We're pretty used to the essential oils and you know, what, when you open up a lemon and you smell it, and that's limonene, and, you know, yeah. so the different scents, we're already very accustomed to that, I think. Yep. And then we're just calling it a different thing, but that whole smell experience is in the cannabis, and you want to try to protect those uh, oils as best you can so that you can get those into your body. So I think that everybody here, I think that excites people that I am open to letting you do that, and love you to do that Uh um i think the other thing is that this is a good place to work that it it's um they get paid good they have health uh, benefits they have dental and vision and medical and they can go to the local gym here um if they need to be off to go take care of their children or coach basketball with their children i give them time off so um you spend a lot of time at work and for me, the better employees that I have are usually based on how I treat them and how I respect them and realize that this is only part of their life, but they have a whole life outside of this place and that I need to support that life also. So I think it makes it so that I get a lot of positive feedback about working here. We get applications every day um, that people want to come in. Well, and it's in Canvas, and we are in yeah. Humboldt. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in so, Humboldt. You're in the episode. Um, we do get a lot of applications, but we are definitely, we don't just look for people that are in Canvas or know about Canvas. We can train you. So yeah. if you have, we need people that have a lot of skills. It's not just that you know about Canvas. I mean, just to be able to work with the public is a really big 
thing that is required here and be compassionate and uh, caring towards people. And not everybody has that. Yes. And to be able to work under stress. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of things are going on all the time. There's a lot of sickness, a lot of death, and um, a lot of really good times, too. And all the things that the patients bring to us um, is a privilege for us to be around them for all of the time that they're with us. That's, so yes. I think they find value in their job. If you have if you have value in your job and you feel that you're doing something positive, I think it motivates you. And if you don't want to do that, then you probably end up not working here. I think, and you leave on your own. I don't yeah. usually fire you. Yeah. Yeah. you know, usually you're like, well, this is not really what I want to do. Or, you know, I want to go be a grower and I want to make a lot more money or I want to, whatever your, their reasons. Um, and that's okay because when they're working here, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and making the place better. And then when they leave, we're, we wish them luck. All right. So we're back and we were talking to Mary Ellen and we were just learning about kind of how she treats her employees and how it's so important to not only the patients, but to the collective and the dispensary as a whole. And I I just have to say, having worked at a dispensary in 2005, 2010 in Los Angeles, that was kind of like Humboldt in 99 or, you know, in the beginning when... (laughs) They were medical patients, and a medical card was not your ticket to a weed store. And in Los Angeles, there weren't a ton of dispensaries. And, I mean, it was just me and another girl at my dispensary. It is emotionally, physically draining to be helping people that are going through a lot of illnesses. Mm -hmm. And it makes you so much more interested, so much more in tune with... The medical aspect of cannabis, I think it's really easy to get lost in the money and the profit, but what you're doing up there is still true to the Compassionate Use Act, which is to take care of sick people, and it's also amazing to see them get better. Yeah, and also taking care of sick people while rewarding people that are helping, right? Exactly, take care of your own. Take care of your own. It's like you are, you know... In California, we're going through a for-profit transition, so clearly now you can make a profit, but, it, I mean, clearly you've got wellness at the epicenter of what you're doing as your business, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about that, and then we'll get into kind of your women's division. On our phone call, and I think even at um, the Emerald Exchange, you mentioned that you wanted to do more with wellness, and that it was kind of just beyond um, the dispensary, but you also were trying to do more wellness programs. Can you talk to us a little bit about those? That's that's my big love right there, is that a few years ago, I did have a little wellness center in our town of Arcata, and but because of all the expense of going through getting, you know, conditional use permitted and all the things that were required, I had to decide where to put the money, and I put it into that first, and so we closed that down, but my dream has been to open another wellness center, which we're going to probably do in about a month or two, so we picked up a very large building in Eureka, which is about nine miles from here. And um, we're going to, I'm not exactly sure exactly everything it's going to be because I don't want it to be just me saying. I want to be able to include all the all the people that are interested, yeah. the players. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, so what we're planning on doing is bringing in a nurse that we, that we have that's amazing and knows lots about cannabis. She knows lots about, she worked for hospice and um, a myriad of other amazing places. And so we can have our patients start meeting with her, especially my catastrophics that we do give cannabis to, to be able to track them. I love cannabis, but I also think um, we need to look at a holistic approach to our health with about our exercise regimen and mm-hmm. about um, how, what we're eating and our stress management, all those things pay, play such a role in our health. So the wellness center will be things like, it's in a downtown area, and so we can have, say, yoga at lunch for the people that work in all the offices, mm-hmm. or we can have um, all these different workshops and, and bring in professionals to talk about um, your, about staying healthy as well as when you're not healthy, because the best thing would be is to not get sick, yeah. <laughs> is to not have a catastrophic illness. They're way easier on you than when you're trying to fix something when you're in a state of of turmoil from being so ill. Yeah. So that's what we're working on next is, well, I'm working on a few things, but that's my next big push is 
to make sure that I have a wellness center for our community. You know, we, we have a lot of drugs um, in the whole state, but we're seeing a big influx of, of addiction and mental health issues. And so how can Humble Patient Resource Center be a part of, of being compassionately caring about those um, subjects and how can we help our cities um, with that process? So we're hoping through the wellness center, we're gonna see some amazing things happen. I'm really excited. People are starting to come to me all the time. I teach this, I do that, I love to give classes. Um, I went to a class yesterday, a workshop that was on how to solve problems. And it was just amazing. It was only an hour and a half and she does them for like a weekend. I was like, you have to come over and teach a class over there. Yeah. That's hard. What did you learn? What was your number one thing you learned? We can can be open to anything and we're going to go around and talk to all the businesses and see what they see a need for for the people that work in their buildings and also what they're seeing happening around their town. And so that's going to be exciting. We're doing that right now. So that's that's the wellness component. We also have a get up and get out campaign that we run here where we um, recognize that when people are not well, a lot of times they lose their friends. You know, they don't go out anymore. They Mm -hmm. don't, they, they can't, but some of them go out for very long. So we're sponsoring, we have a semi-pro baseball team. So we're going to have a hundred tickets and we're going to feed people at the ballpark and meet the players. So you can come for a while and, meet other people and get to know maybe some new people that maybe yeah. are not, aren't as athletic as y'all used to be, <laughs> but you still want to hang out and talk and go walk around and do some things. So yeah. um, we give away bicycles. This is bicycle month, um, ride your bike to work. So we, we try to encourage people to exercise no matter what, if you're just getting up and walking around just so that it, you know how important it is to Move your body. We're animals. Yeah. We need to move. It's so, so that, it's that's all, another thing yeah. we're doing is our, our big get up and get out campaign. Well, it's all so interrelated, and I think that's what I love about the cannabis community. Exactly what you're doing is that you're combining, you know, nutrition, stress management, cannabis, movement, exercise, preventative, healthcare. preventative healthcare, integrative mm-hmm. healthcare. Yeah. Something that you know, I guess our federal government won't provide us and it's really cool to see that you know on a small scale and hopefully it'll become a larger scale uh that these solutions seem like they're you know that they're paying off well and i also hear this and i remember being on the call and i'm not gonna front like i am (laughs) i have failed pe since i was 12 so (laughs) i i mean just talking to you every time we've spoken i'm like i just want to move up there and do one of mary's to like be I want to be in your community. Like, I want to yeah. go to baseball games and, like, have people to go ride a bike with. I don't know if it's just L.A. being no. a terribly non-fun trans, you know, walking or biking place, but, mm. like, I just want to go up there. We don't have this community support down here. I don't know. Not as much. I don't Not know if much, other yeah. places have that. They do, and I'm do curious. They? I'm curious, and we'll, we won't know this for a long time, if there's a parallel between cannabis regulation and like a strong community-based cannabis thing that regulation will force actually right and wellness right I mean because I I always look at it we always talk to clients about oh who's your you know target consumer or your target patient and there's so many people that like my mom for example that now that cannabis is legal on a state level and for adult use she's more interested in having the discussion right and then it's truly changing kind of health and because it's not illicit healthy yeah it's so exciting it is well we don't even talk about um, recreational or medical here in our facility we know the difference i mean we know what the public feels the difference the government feels the difference yeah but for me here and i want my employees to always know this that this is about health Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is about a health a health product that we have here that's amazing. And I don't want you to ever feel like, oh, you know, they're smoking because I mean we are not here to talk about what anybody's doing with their with their self. Yeah. I don't know, maybe people are using it because we would call it recreational, we're at a party, people smoke. Well, you know what? People get nervous sometimes. Exactly. They might be better um, when they're relaxed. They're mm-hmm. not drinking alcohol and there's just so many things, though. My staff is very much trained not to be judgmental, that we just talk about it being healthy and what can we do on your path to that or even 
even if you're not going to be healthy, that your quality of life will be higher. We have mm-hmm. a lot of patients that are in hospice on, with, you know, six months to live. We, we have a lot of death. And um, the quality of their life is what's important. So when I get a letter saying, oh, I got to spend three months with my mother at the end of her life, she wasn't on, you know, heavy-duty medications where I couldn't talk to her. We were actually having the best time of our life. I got to say all the things I wanted to say to her, and I want to thank you because of cannabis. Mm, Those are the things that are are heartbreaking, but for me, that's what I would want if I knew I wasn't going to be here. Most of us really don't know when we're not going to be here, but some people kind of do. And so they have this amazing opportunity to do all the things, say the things they wanted to say and be with the people they want to be. And we're always like waiting to say those things, I think, sometimes. And I think that gives them an opportunity by not being in pain um, and having to be on morphine. And so we get a lot of that going on over the years because just because we deal with hospice and palliative care patients. So my whole idea is like we're here on this earth to have a good quality of life. Yep, 100%. And here's an opportunity for us to do that, and here's an opportunity for all of us in there here to do what we can do to support that belief system that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Dignity in dying. You should have the Mm -hmm. right to to go as peacefully as possible without being drugged out of your mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's provided, yeah, palliative care. This is the part that I'm most excited yeah. about or I'm the most touched by or it's the most compelling reason for me to want to move up there mm-hmm. is this, <laughs> the support community that you've brought together with women entrepreneurs, women in the cannabis industry, women at your dispensary, women in general. And I'm so excited for you to share with us about the women's division the women's think tank. Yes. I mean, when we met you, you were supporting. It was amazing. So we met you. You were with, I think, three or four other women, and you brought everybody up to kind of let them pitch their, like, not even pitch, but just show, I guess, the Southern California community their businesses. And we realized, I mean, women in the cannabis industry, there's a statistic that there's like 38% are CEOs of, uh, you know, women represented, but still that's a minority. Yeah, and it's really hard. It's a, it's a, it's a very hard minority. And in, in all reality, you know, all of our clients are men. I don't mm-hmm. think we have any one woman as a client and, uh, you know, we really were touched by what you've done, uh, and not only what you've done, but the results that you've been able to achieve with empowering women. Exactly. So tell us about your think tank and yeah. the women's division. So um, actually, they've invited me into their group. I didn't design the group. Um, I didn't choose them. They kind of chose me. <laughs> so That's originally, the <laughs> they, I got a call saying that there was a group called the Humble Think Tank, and they were into um, looking into regulations, trying to be supportive of each other, trying to figure out how they were going to market products, and just the whole very scary area that they're all kind of dealing in. So they thought, you know, well, well, we know each other, some of us, so we'll get together. So they invited me over one day to give a talk on uh, kind of a point-of-sale programs or regulation programs that are going to be required. And after I was there for a few minutes before I started talking, I I realized that uh, they weren't really ready for that yet. Um, So I started it off with, you're not going to need any regulatory software because you're not going to be in business next year oh, probably God. if you don't get your permits and uh, I don't know if you understand how really important that is if you've read the guidelines oh, we do yeah. we don't really know, we don't really know what's going to happen with the state yet we back then especially mm-hmm. um, and so but as what we know they're saying you need to get a city or county permit before you can apply for a state so none of them had applied in their big conversation was they had no kitchens, that they needed a kitchen to be able, kitchens to be able to get their permits through. So I got on that wagon like super fast and started, I paid for them to um, have someone drop a business plan for them so we could maybe get investors. Um, But we have a place up here called the Arcade of Food Works where it's a large area where you can rent kitchen space for regular food. And I thought, oh, we should do something like that. Everything was extremely expensive when I started looking into it. But um, what we did do is, so my main focus in the beginning was try to get them permitted. Mm -hmm. But then I also noticed that 
they, they, some of them are my vendors and some of them are not my vendors. And they're making products that don't have a lot of markup on them. And you, I can sell bud all day, flower all day long, and there's a markup. And it's relatively higher than if you were selling me salve. So, and I don't sell a lot of salve. And I don't sell a lot of the, you know, bath salts like I would if you were growing bud. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, well, um, you need to go out and see and let everybody know how great you are. You know, I don't want you to know you're kind of up here, they call it behind the redwood curtain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't get out a lot. Mm-hmm. So we need to get out. So the first thing we did is we went to the Emerald Cup. And that's like 30,000 people, 400 booths. Um, and I took 12 women from the group. And so they all worked in like a little two-inch space, two-foot space. And we were very popular. Um, we had a three-booth area. Um, everyone was trying to come. It said hum- women of Humboldt. And it was crowded all day. They did really well. But what I took away from that was people loved them. And they want them to make products. And they want them to be a part of the community. And I don't want it to be that it's only the big makers of products and they're all from out of the area. This is our area. This is humble. Uh-huh. We should be able to hold on to our market on some level, a big level. So that was exciting. But then what happened is other people got turned on by the idea and said, hey, you know, you want to come to Emerald Exchange. And that's where you, we met. I met you. Yeah. So, and so, so we were only allowed to bring like three women, four women to that. And then we had an event here, which we took them to. <clears throat> and so the idea that more than like trying to sell anything, which they did do, we were able to get product out, was for you to say, meet Ellen from Honey Bee Buzz. And when you meet Ellen, you recognize that she has her own beehive uh-huh. and she grows her own organic cannabis. And so when you sit in her bath salt, you feel the love. Uh-huh. Like you know her yeah. and you know that she cares about you. And that was the message I was trying to get them to conceptualize, which they did. And so then we went on to, um, and I'm very supportive of that, lots of meetings, it's, but it's been very scary to watch their faces. Um, will I be in business next year? That's so reality. Well, I've gone everywhere trying to figure out what to do. And it's really, I don't really need to do it. I don't need to buy products locally. I can get products out of town. Uh-huh. But this is my community. This is where I, I've been since 72. I love um, Humboldt. I am a woman who lived during discrimination, who lived during um, sexual harassment, who was a woman feminist. You know, I, I've been there. So I'm not against men at all. Actually, all the men in my life would love me to be as strong as I want to be. That's mm-hmm. a positive thing. Exactly. For as strong yep. as we are as women, as successful we are as women and stand beside our men, that's what makes us all great together. So we've been very supportive of the men in our business because they've been the main ones in mm-hmm. the business. They've been doing the flowers and they've been doing the concentrates. And then the women have been quiet. And a lot of the reasons is because it's been illegal. They've been raising their children. There's been chances that they could have their children taken away by, you know, this uh, child protective services. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of reasons why they haven't really been out as much as now now that they're feeling like there's a path for them to get regulated. So I'm all for it. Like, let's go. Let's let's get it done. And so I work best in groups, personally. Even if I'm with men or women, I have a tendency to be better if I'm working with a lot of other people that are able to come up with ideas. And these women are extremely intelligent. Um, They've been doing it for a long time. A lot of them have college degrees. Um, They're compassionate. The reason they started doing it was because they were trying to help someone, whether it was their self or a family member. Mm-hmm. They co-op- They are very cooperative with each other. They're not all ego. Um, they have the same products on some level. They might have the same kind of tinctures, a little bit different, and they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. How's that working? And how are you doing this? And very sharing uh, community of women. So I'm going to be very supportive of it. Yeah. So that's kind of where where that came from so recently than in this from last week is I found a little restaurant in Eureka and so I'm renting that and I want to talk to the city of Eureka and we're going to be able to permit the women through the kitchen. I will need to get the kitchen permitted and they will be able to come in and rent the kitchen and get permitted. So it's kind of
kind of a Band-Aid and it's kind of a quick fix for them mm-hmm. as they're finding other kitchens, which would be a more permanent situation where they have their own kitchens or the city of Eureka is thinking about putting in kitchens or encouraging people. But for right now, I've been concerned because it's getting near the end, you know, it's going to be near the end of the year quicker than we think and exactly. we could be yeah. not where we should be. That's so. Yeah, that's so amazing to have that kitchen I mean, that's the biggest part. I don't think people realize when yeah. you want to get into edibles, not only do you need a manufacturing license, you need a commercial kitchen. Well, you need the you need that before you can even apply for the exactly. license. Exactly. Like, and a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest it, barrier. You need it for everything. Like, yes. if you're not especially kit cooking, yeah. like, you need it for making basalt. You yep. have to be in a clean environment. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I think I figured it out, finally. It was yeah. very stressful. I was getting extremely stressed out about it. And it's not even my thing. Yeah. I took it on, like, so powerfully that I was feeling like it was all about what I had to do. Like, they're busy making products. They're busy taking care of their kids. They're busy, yeah. you know, uh, being scared. And I thought, okay, well, here I have a – I really believe that HPRC actually has a responsibility to helping our community. We've, we've been lucky to be here for so long. We won Business of the Year in our city uh, last year. And I just think it's really important that we are, everyone's like, oh, you're on the leading edge. You've been there forever. Well, if we are, that's great. But then that gives us a lot of responsibility. Yeah, you have and to leave the way. And I feel that here. Yeah. It's not just about me and us. And sometimes, you know, I'll do something and stuff. It's like, well, you could pay us more money instead of doing that. I'm like, we already be paid really fairly and you have a lot of benefits and this is what we should be doing. So yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but that's not what our goal is here, is for everybody to make, you know, crazy money. Yeah. And this, yeah. is a fair, this actually is real business right here. We get paid fair. They get benefits. That's really all you really and I think have good working yeah. conditions. I think that needs to be, like, reiterated is, like, you just got business of the year being a cannabis company, yeah? So you're, like, competing with all these other businesses. You talk about how yeah. important the team and the employees are and treating them well and, and training and them. Training and, them. And, and I just want people to understand how critical this is. I think that a lot of times we get caught up in moving and chasing money or dollar signs or other targets and we forget that without a strong team and a and a solid vision. It seems like Mary Ellen, we didn't ask you what your mission is at um, all of your enterprises. I think when we ask you, we'll be probably like, oh, yes, that makes sense. But clearly a strong mission to get what you want. And you really your want to help cause. people. It's like, your higher it's cause. It's your higher cause. It's like Tony it's Robbins and other people yeah. say, there's got to be something higher than yourself. Yeah. Higher than paying your bills. That keeps you going through the tough times. And it sounds like... You've really laid that out nicely, and when you see a need, you address it, and otherwise you are cultivating, excuse the pun, <laughs> but you're cultivating a strong community, and you're cultivating healthy you're employees, yeah. and you're cultivating healthier patients, and overall, it's, it's better. There's no it's, downside. It's people, planet, profit, and we are getting ready for the speed round. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too crazy. Don't worry. No pressure. Only three questions. Um, so if, what advice would you give for somebody that is just getting into the cannabis industry? Um, well, first off, you need to make sure that you're going to have all your legal ducks in a row. <laughs> you know, I think that's something that people aren't really doing. They're starting with all their products and all of their transporter stuff and everything, and they're not getting their their entities signed up and filled Amen. out and figure out how they're, can they even do what they want to do in the, in the city or county that we see that a lot. Well, you're just not allowed to do that there. What are you talking about? You just bought a building over in that, <laughs> that area. So there's a lot of that. So I would say that was probably something you really need to figure once you decide that you're going to get into it and to have a really good product to make sure that it's, um, it's, um, something that you feel that you're going to be able to be passionate about and be able to get out into the market um, talking a lot to other people is probably a really good thing, having a support group, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because there's a lot of fear when you start getting into this and the unknown, so, and you can't know everything, and some people know some, certain things, and other people know other things. I think that's one of the things. Um, obviously, every business you want to have a mission statement and a five-year plan, um, you know, so that you know where you're going. We've had issues here where we 
Chlorade was something that was on Reed, but we sprayed it too late. And so when it came up at that time with some of the pesticide, which really wouldn't normally be even found, um, we had to destroy it. And the, and the staff was like, wow, well, shouldn't you do something else? And I was like, well, we either, we either follow our, business, our, our mission statement, we break our mission statement, or we write a new mission statement. <laughs> and I love this mission statement, so that's what we do. Because on our mission is that we have clean medicine. So yeah. if it's not going to be clean, we are not going to put it out there. Yeah. So mission statements really make your life easier. I was on a school board for a long time, and a lot of times it would be like, for me, when we're making decisions, what is our mission here? If that is not our mission, then don't be wasting time on it because it's not um, part of where we're trying to go. And then just having a five-year plan, like where are you planning on going? How are you going to get your money? How are you going to make money? How mm-hmm. are you... I mean, people always, especially women, have a tendency to be uh, feel like it's bad to make money. <laughs> no, it's no. not. You it's can't do so anything amazing. About it. <laughs> yeah. It's There's, not a bad thing. Yeah. It's how you make it and what you do with it. Yes. And that's the whole bottom line for me. But that's not for everyone, and that's why we live here in the United States, is so we can be whatever we want to be and yes. have the philosophy we want to have. Mine just happens to be very different than some other people, especially. I don't even know if it's really in this market. I was in real estate. Real estate was very cutthroat. Banking was very cutthroat. So everybody's like, well, cannabis is very cutthroat. I don't know. That's where I lived. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. better when you're not cutthroat yourself and you stand out as not being that and people trust you and want to come to you. And, um, you know, they, they, they know you're a good player. So you have them around you and it could make a difference for both of you yeah. by them changing some of their feelings and then you get a chance to deal with their businesses which you wouldn't do normally because you feel that they're uh, not running business properly. Yep, I, I totally agree. Okay, so what motivates you? There's so many things. I'm curious to hear. What's your main motivation? Um, probably my main motivation is to do right by people, mm-hmm. no matter who they are, is to make sure that if I have a the availability to help, then I'm going to do it. And it's outside of here also. Um, it's just always been that way for me. I've always been a care caregiver kind of person. And so it feels good to be able to care for people and see how better things are because you are involved with them. And then I always get so much back from them. So it's always very reciprocal for me. It's a great um, motivation. Yeah. Mary Ellen, last question where do you think you and your businesses will be a year from now? Um, I'm hoping that we have the wellness center open and it's going like gangbusters with all these amazing ideas and ways we can help people be more healthy. And I'm hoping to have another dispensary in Eureka and that's because half my patients are from Eureka and almost all my catastrophics. So it'd be better if I was over there also. Mm-hmm. And, um, just having um, my all the women's things, we're having a big thing this summer um, where we're calling it celebration. We're going to celebrate women um, in the industry, and we're bringing in major speakers, and we're going to have a like a little farmer's market. So just to keep up with that and make sure that I stay connected with the women and keep them out in the front because they need to be out there because they haven't been out there long at all. So... You know, and then still be here. I'm I'm actually 64 years old, so everybody's, are you going to retire? I was like, no, I've been waiting forever for this. <laughs> this is my time. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I've worked for. Yeah. No, I'm not leaving. This is where I want to be right now. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect time. Because there is a lot of stress that goes into getting to this spot. There's, oh, you yes. know, going through all regulations before they were regulations and and people not being very excited about cannabis and saying negative things to you and calling you a drug cartel and mm-hmm. just things like that. You know, it's like, whoa, I'm not used to that. Wait, 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 back up. Yeah. So um, it's been a long road that I just, a lot of people are complaining about what's going on right now, which I do see some problems with the, what's going on with the new regulations and things and the money and the fees it's going to cost and the, the worry about who's going to be in charge of what. But we haven't had an opportunity to do this before. Yep. So we really should be very involved in it and be really good players so that people don't say, wow, we, we knew we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have done that. They, we need to stand up and say, we deserve to be this. We've been really good. Can we renegotiate some of the things that are going on? 
you know, in a year or two. But, so I'm just happy that we're allowed to have people come out and be a part of the game. Yep. Give them a chance to prove themselves. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, it was such a great conversation with you. We knew it would be. Um, and I still totally want to move up there just to hang <laughs> out with you. Well, um, you just come on up. It is the most beautiful place ever. I mean, you know, we do have very mild weather, so some people have trouble with that. But that's how come we have all the beautiful redwood trees here. Yeah, and the great um, cannabis. And it's a, you know, it's a smaller community, too. So, like, somebody talks about L.A. or Sacramento or San Francisco. Those are such big areas. So what I would suggest is people just, when you say this in your own home, you know, you can't always make world changes, but you can make changes in your own house, with your own family. You can make changes in your own business. You can make changes in your own community. So start small and not expect that you're going to change everything, but that that change could become infectious. And then it could make changes other places and changes in your own self. Yeah, absolutely. So keep up the great work. Yes, and keep inspiring because you've inspired us and continue to inspire the humble community. And thank you so much for being on Cannabis Business Minds. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Good luck with this. I look forward to hearing um, the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, what a great interview with Mary Ellen. I love her. She's excellent. Yes, I wish she lived in L.A. I wish we had people like her in L.A. And I think we do. I think we need to find them, and we could perhaps be those people. But the point is, what was your takeaway? I mean, I'm people can't see. I'm, like, smiling really big because I could never be Mary Ellen. She's way too positive and active. Like, I need a Mary Ellen in my life. Or something like mm-hmm. I don't know. She's well, she's amazing, and what I what I take away from that is that she is one person, but it seems like everything she's done and everything she cares about, she executes. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we always talk about: is you can strategize mm-hmm. as much as you want, you can plan, which nobody does, by yeah. the way. But <laughs> if you did, like even then, that's not enough. It's your execution. Put the foot to the pavement. And just like I keep hearing from these positive motivational speaker people that mm-hmm. I don't relate to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's you have to have a higher mission than yourself, and that will guide you through the difficulties and being up against adversity, and I think Mary Ellen encompasses that. Yeah, and I think that two things. She 100% encompasses this. She does it through her mission statement, which a lot of companies forget to do. Oh my god, I super agree. Mission statement, hello, duh. I think a lot of companies are like, okay, revenue streams, financials, Or even your business plan. I know, but the business plan, it's like, I think... You have to have a mission. You do have to have a mission statement. But they don't. But but if they do, do they really think about it? And if they think about it, maybe they thought about it at the very beginning of of the infancy of that company. Or it looks good on the website. It looks fantastic on the website but if they don't adhere to it if they don't train their employees to it if they don't embody it in everything that they do then you know what it's useless useless, right and it's just like you know you have to have company policies you have to have a mission statement so people really know what's up at every level of a business yeah right like Mm -hmm. throw put your mission statement on a wall decal in your lobby or wherever in each route and be proud of that mission statement don't make it because it sells to an investor or it sounds good or it sounds catchy or there's sexy words like oh yes it's people profit planet no 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 you what does that believe, even mean? You got it. Yes, exactly. For each company. For each company, what does that mean? Exactly. And it's so different. If you're a company based in Humboldt, you're going to probably have a very different mission statement. And literally, than Los Angeles. how many consultants do you go to that are like, yeah, we'll do your business plan and your projections, but how often do they drive home mission statement? And even that's something I've been thinking about that I'm always like, dude, well, what's your mission? Well, we drive that home with a lot of people, and they don't know how to answer it. Exactly. And and I think that's the issue here. It's just like, you know, there's these checks the boxes of execute and get funded, which is so important, market, which is clearly so important to getting that business going and moving and all of that. But, you know, maybe you won't see it in the very beginning stages, six months to a year of operations, that you weren't adhering to your mission statement. But when you get into a difficult situation, when you get into an argument, when the partners or the owners of the company disagree on something, and if you don't have that backbone of, 
A, an operating agreement, lawyer, all that kind of stuff. But your mission and why you even came together to exist, you're kind of and I wonder, you know, suffering. does an investor ever ask for your mission statement? I feel like they don't. I think a savvy investor does because when you think about what investors are doing, they are clearly investing in a profitable business, yes. The valuation of the company, yes. But more importantly, they're investing in the people. And the people for the strategy, right? Like, can they execute? Can they deliver? Will they give me a return on my investment? It's the ROI. So we always talk about this. So I think a truly... We, we talk know. about this. We are like one... We're like 0.1% <laughs> in like in a 99.9% yeah. world of like people that do not think about strategy. Yeah. So I guess call to action, please, listeners, if you haven't joined our Cannabis Business Minds uh, Facebook group, please do so. Um, we're accepting and we're like, you know, we're, we're trying to be a little bit more active in that group. But I would love if our listeners could post. What's your mission? What's your mission statement? And let's ask that in the Facebook group next week. Like, yes. really, it's very important to know, like, what is your mission statement? And do you really, A, what is it? And, and do B, you stick to do it? you stick to it? Yes. Excellent. Can you stick to it? Yep. Yes. All right. So good. So good. Yes. Excellent episode of Cannabis Business Minds with your hosts, Kristen Yoder and Simone Samaluka Radzins. Yes. We will see you guys or listen to you and connect. In the future. In the future. Thank you. Cannabis Business Minds is recorded by Simone Samaluka Radzins and Kristen Yoder. Produced and edited by Gustavo Bulgach at East Venice Recording Studios. Podcast music is by Ketza. You can find more episodes of the show on our website, liv-consulting.com, and you can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.